Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor with a group practice here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I specialize in women as well as maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we'll talk about womanhood, motherhood, and a little bit of everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Push Through Podcast, and I am excited to introduce my next guest, Michael Whitfield, and just to give you a little bit of background of her, um, she is a nonprofit leader and women's advocate, and she's fiercely passionate about improving the quality of life for women across the state of Georgia. Um, She's previously worked for Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies, Coalition of Georgia. Um, She served on Postpartum Support International Georgia Chapter as the Vice President and Advocacy Chair. And she's also worked at Aid Atlanta. She received her Master's in Social Work from Clark Atlanta University and a BS in Social Work from the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. And now she is just killing it in the game, (laughs) as she has always. And so I wanted to have Micah on the show just to talk a little bit about everything. So welcome to the show, Micah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Um, Okay, so I know I've given like a professional background of you, but tell our listeners a little bit just about you overall, like where are you originally from? Um, just some, some more things about you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm originally from, um, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philly. Um, so grew up there and then, um, moved to North Carolina. Uh, I had family there. My dad's side of the family's there. So I partly, uh, feel really close to North Carolina as well. (laughs) Um, and, um, and then I've been in Georgia now for, probably about 14 or 15 years. Oh, wow. Um, and well, I don't know, going on some noise back there. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, I came to Georgia for my master's and just ended up staying. I have two beautiful children. They are Justice and Joy. I love that. And they are uh, six and nine. Oh, so, that yeah, is awesome. Yeah, so, and I will tell um, people, Micah does not look like she has a six and nine-year-old. <laughs> um, she looks like she just walked off of a beach island. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but um, being that you brought up Justice and Joy, um, how has motherhood been for you? It has been, um, it's been good overall, you know, but it was certainly challenging, you know, when I had Justice, um, Justice, you know, had a lot of digestive issues, like, you know, a lot of, like a lot of babies, but as a first time mom, you just don't know what colic is oh, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> Why is this baby crying mm-hmm. nonstop? Mm-hmm. And so just the transition also of being isolated. Um, you know, I was here in, in Georgia, but I didn't have my family close by. Mm-hmm. And so just that was really challenging, that transition to motherhood, being alone. And, you know, normally we 
you know, you want to experience that with your moms and your aunts and, mm-hmm. you know, and although they did, you know, try to come for a little while, but that was, you know, my first introduction in motherhood. Yeah. And so, you know, having those challenges, um, and then, you know, even to, to now, you know, just, I think it's so important to just have some support system. So you, you find support mm-hmm. and you, you make it work. Um, and, and we've done that, you know, it has, it's, it has its moments. I'm sure as any mom would say, right. Where it's just yeah. like, <laughs> this is, this is challenging today. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, but overall, you know, yeah, it's been. Oh, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And I relate to that as far as with colic. That was my experience with Ezra, my oldest. He had colic. He cried all the time. Um, and it, you know, like you can't think, you can't function, you're tired, you're exhausted, um, especially when you don't have support. It just makes yes. it so much harder. Um, did you feel like you always knew you wanted to be a mother or was it something that wasn't in the forefront of your your thoughts and you just kind of stumbled into it no yeah I feel like I just stumbled into it I never I wasn't the little girl that was like oh I'm gonna like have these kids and play with the dolls and stuff like Mm -hmm. I I didn't I never thought about it like you know like Mm -hmm. that and um so I really didn't have a ton of expectations of like what kind of mom I wanted to be like my mother had modeled motherhood of course Mm -hmm. you know and she was excellent but um I never thought about it so I just felt like I I stumbled into it and um yeah and so I think that too just kind of was jarring in itself because there was this freedom right like you were used to just moving about and doing things you know how you wanted to and it, it just felt like okay, you know, this is a shift, you know, in how I'm approaching my life, you know, and on one hand, it it was really awesome because it, it changed the trajectory of my career and it, you know, I had passions I hadn't thought of before, Mm -hmm. you know, and got into maternal health work and all of that. Um, but you know, of course I, it just was all new to me. Right. Right. When you say that about like how your mom modeled it for you, um, what were some of the women in your life that you felt like were maternal influences for you growing up? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say my, my big three were my mom, my aunt, and um, my grandmother, mm. and my, my paternal grandmother. And so, you know, my mom and my grandmother, you know, we would always spend a ton of time together. And so, my grandmother was just sharp, you know, I mean, from her head to her toe, you know, I just watched how she did things and she bought me the finest dresses she could find. And, you know, so she just was a, she was just a really classy lady. And, and so she, she modeled that. And then my mother, you know, was very similar. I remember watching her get dressed to go out and being so excited to change her purse, like to her night purse, you know, <laughs> she was going somewhere. And so, you know, just seeing her fix her hair and all of that, like just, they were just beautiful, classy women. And then I would spend the uh, summers with my aunt in North Carolina. And so that was, you got away from the city, you know, we call that going down south, mm-hmm. you know, for the summer. Mm-hmm. And my aunt um, exposed me to camps. I went to so many different, like, 
camps there and tried new things and met new friends. And she was an educator. So, you know, it was full of books and jazz and oh, all cool. that kind of stuff. So it was like a really cultured summer experience, you know. That's um, awesome. But they were just really, you know, strong, or rather strong women mm-hmm. um, and just modeled this like womanhood that was very feminine, um, very feminine, you know, but also independent and yeah. strong, you know. I love that. That's amazing. Um, What were your labor delivery experiences with each of your kids? Would you say they were pretty easy, uneventful, or did you have any, like, hindsight looking back, especially since you've been so far into the maternal health field, um, was there anything that you felt like was challenging? You know, um... My my son was born um, in a hospital and um, actually maybe about 37 weeks or so, I end up switching um, providers. And so I um, had talked to, to another experienced mom and I told her, I just have this option that I want to have a natural birth. I don't know, but I want to have the option. And she told me about a provider she had worked with that said, you know, they would, they're much more open and experienced with working with moms and aren't going to push you one way or another. Mm-hmm. So I switched at 37 weeks. Um, and I, and I did have a hospital birth, but it was, um, it was a water birth. It was the only hospital at that time. That, and I, I think there are others now, but mm-hmm. um, at that time that were doing water births. And so I, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew I wanted to try it. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just a beautiful experience. Um, You know, again, it was, I didn't know, you know, we had, I had taken a class maybe like the week before, you know, and and they tell you a little bit about when you can get in and, you you know, what the hospital policies were around it. But, I had my mom and at the time I was married. So, you know, I had my um, ex-husband then and, you know, they were my support and it just really was a beautiful um, uh, labor and delivery. Um, the, I would say the only issue I had in that, um, in that, in that hospital stay was um, I felt like there were from, from one of the, pediatricians in particular, Mm -hmm. an assumption that because I was a young mom or, you know, maybe I'm a young black mom that, you know, there were things I didn't know or understand Mm. or that, or even assumptions about my, um, my insurance, right? Like, oh, you have Medicaid, right? And, you know, not saying there's anything wrong with Medicaid, but, you know, these assumptions about who I am. And I think a lot of, you know, moms, when you go into those settings, you want to try to you know, present yourself a certain way or do this or that as, in hopes that it will shift, you know, the type of care you receive yeah. or, um, or that sort of thing. So, you know, that, that post, that time post delivery, those few days there in the hospital that, you know, some challenges with that, but overall the birth and delivery were really easy and, you know, I had some great nurses and it was just, mm. it was phenomenal. Uh, with my daughter, I had her at home. Mm-hmm. I had a home birth. Um, it, again, it was just, it was really great. I also had a water birth at home. And I know this is not a lot of folks' story, right? So I feel really like, you know, 
I mean, I, I'm glad that I had this experience, but I recognize that there's so many other women who just can't say that. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but it really was my home birth went really smooth. It was really quick. I had my mom, my aunt, um, you know, there with me. Um, the women around me have written me birth um, notes Aww. during my shower that I posted up, you know, um, during my delivery. And it was just, it was just beautiful. And I actually, we have some photos. And it's really cool to share them with my daughter. We didn't take yeah. photos with my son when he was born, but you know, we took have all of those photos in a book now. And so she can literally look at the moment she was born. Wow. I'm like, that is so yeah, cool. That and is we have a photo cool. of um, my oldest, my son, when he walked into the room and the first time he saw her, oh. you know, and so now that they're like six and nine, every once in a while they want to like pull out the book and, <laughs> you know, check That's it out. Beautiful. So it really was um, just, you know, wonderful, really blessed in that way. That's amazing. I also like um, how you switched. Like at 37, like you felt empowered yeah. enough to know that you could switch, that you didn't, you weren't obligated to do it any way just because you started out a certain way, but it was your decision yeah. to make it what you want to make it. And I think sometimes, like I'll even talk to my clients about, you know, this is your journey and you, mm -hmm. you pick the provider you pick the ideal birth that you want, your support persons, who you want to be there, and don't feel like it has to be like, well, this is the same OB I've had all this time, even though they make me feel uncomfortable or whatnot. Yeah. So I think that that's beautiful. And it's also beautiful that you had um, designed it in a way of wanting a water birth and wanting it at home or um, wanting to find someone that would support you in the type of birth that you wanted that that's beautiful what what came over you or what made you decide that you wanted a water birth or um doing it at home yeah you I, I was interested in a home birth the first time around but I was scared I was like um <laughs> I'm like just, let's just do this you know at least and then that's when I found uh, you know found out that there was this one hospital that was doing um home birth I mean water births so um, I think I had saw like a baby story. Does that? Oh, know like on TLC? Yeah, I remember that. I used to love that show. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw a baby story, and um, there was a woman on a baby story. I still remember that video, and um, she had a water birth. Like she was in a birthing center or something. I was mm -hmm. like, that looks so cool. Yeah. And they call it like the um, the I forget the name they call the water birth, but it, it sounds just so nice. And I was like, okay, that. That's what I want to do. And um, yeah, I, I and I can't even say what empowered me to switch providers, you know, in that way. I just felt like, you know, like I mentioned, I got some advice from a friend and, you know, I just acted on it mm. and, um, and and it went really well and they accepted me. And then the home birth, the second time around, at that time I was uninsured. Um, so... I paid out of pocket mm. um, for um, for that, and so the um, and I, I went to you know had my prenatal visits as normal. She also did my prenatal visits, um, and I had a lot of lot of folks like, hey, I don't know about that. Even my family like, mm. uh, <laughs> this might not be the best idea. 
but I, I felt really confident in my body yeah. because I knew the first time around, I didn't know what I was doing, but my body did, yeah. did the work, right. you know? And so I felt confident in my body and I felt confident in my provider too, in my mm. home birth provider. And um, I had talked to other people that had birthed with her um, prior to selecting her. And um, and so, you know, I just, just went forward with it. And she also had, you know, we had contingency plans just yeah. in case things didn't work out. So I had, you know, confidence that, that if I needed to go to a hospital, I could. That's awesome. How, yeah. how would you say motherhood has changed you as a woman? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think it's definitely made me more like patient. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It's made me just look at they say, you know, to really understand something, you have to experience it from both sides, yes. right? And it, there are ways that I viewed the world previously with not, you know, not enough grace, not enough patience, not enough understanding. And I feel like motherhood just like shifted that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just a better person, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then it's constant. You know, I feel like the, the challenge with motherhood is that you have these kids and you think that they're yours, but they're not really right. yours. Right. And so there's this constant checking of your ego. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, even how you shape them. So I, I mean, of course it's still, I'm still growing and learning and always asking other mothers, you know, that have children that are older, like, what did you do? What's the secret? Like, how did you get these great kids? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just made me just a better person overall, more, especially with patience and grace, yeah. you know, understanding. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally feel you with that patience. Even when you said that about, you know, before you become a mother or parent, you have this freedom where if you want to go to Quick Trip at 3 a.m., you just get up and go to Quick Trip. But now you got to be all strategic. You got to wait on people. You got to, you know, deal with whatever mood they're in. You got to make sure you don't, you know, be annoyed with them and and check your attitude. So it's a lot of patience and a lot of grace. And I I totally agree. It does make you a a better person and feel, feel good about it. Um. Being that you are such an intentional parent and um, has raised these beautiful humans, you've also, like you said, shifted in your career. And like we listed all of those great things that you've been doing, how do you find balance in your career and motherhood? You know, it's really difficult, as I'm sure you know, because I always look at you and I'm like, how does she do it? I'm telling you, I, I look at your Instagram so I'm like, oh my goodness, she just does it. Um, so I know you know, but it's—I feel like it's—it's—it's it's, it's challenging. I, there are a lot of days that I feel like I didn't sew into them enough today, um, or in general, you know, like I set my monthly goals and it's like, do spend X amount more time with them, or teach, or there's other things I want to teach them, and I feel like a lot of days I'm just going through the motions because mm-hmm. I'm tired, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's a grace there that I've, I, I give myself, right? Like, uh, you know, um, but trying to balance it, I'm, you know, I'm really fortunate that in this season I've been able to work from home mm. and that's helped a lot. I yeah. feel like, um, because there were times of before where of course, you know, I wasn't able to maybe pick them up from school and they went to aftercare or whatever, which they enjoyed aftercare, but 
in this season, I've been able to like do those things. And, and even though it's small, just yeah. to be able to like pick them up from the car line. Yeah. I just felt like that was a privilege I never had, oh. you know? Um, and so like even those small things, like I, I do that. I'm like, okay, I pick them up really quick and I schedule that within my day. And then I'm, once I grab them, I'm back to calls and back to, you know, Zoom meetings and things. Um, and they, you know, they have their routine to go in the you know, kind of do their own thing, do their homework or whatever. But um, so I, I think the balance has been in trying to figure out um, how I can be involved, but also, you know, kind of show up for my, you know, in my other roles and my other positions. And it's, it's always changing, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's really unique. I think this is just the season that we're in. But um, I just try to find little ways to like incorporate, you know, um, incorporate just how I want to, what type of life I want to live with them into my work. Mm. And so, Mm -hmm. and I also communicate that with like my staff know that, you know, my, um, everyone knows that it's on my calendar, like kid pick up (laughs) or, you know, certain days, like it's on my calendar. I'm done at this time, you know, because I, I want to make sure I'm at my baseball practice with my son or, you know, do those things. So I just try to, and I hope that answers yeah, the question. Answers it, yeah. put it in, um, put it in motion as much as I can. Yeah. So with that being said, then how how do you carve out you time? What do you do for self care? So I think I'm really good at that. I think I'm. Um, I think I'm good at that. Is I schedule trips with my friends. Mm. Um, <laughs> I I love that. Like <laughs> girl time. We have our brunches, oh, our okay. lunches. Yes. <laughs> Um, or then if I'm just, you know, at home, bedtime is bedtime, like mm-hmm. nine o'clock. That's just, and I used to really struggle with bedtime, you know, and it, it would be all over, but now I've been really focused on nine o'clock being bedtime. And then I have that, you know, time afterwards, say if I want to run a hot bath or journal mm. or just, you know, I'll just kind of recheck in with myself. I have that. So... I feel like I've gotten a lot better with that because I was burning out, you know? It can happen. Um, That burnout is real. I remember, was it last year? Last year, yeah, I was envious of your Instagram because you had went to Puerto Rico, you went to Kanye's listening party, and I was like, oh my gosh, Micah. Because, you know, I think that's like a part, like I love to go and I love to do things and, you know, for a while that stopped and it's like, no, I want to get back to doing those things Mm -hmm. and set up that time. And then, you know, if it's appropriate, I bring the kids along. Like I took my son to see J. Cole. He loves J. Cole. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. (laughs) I try. That's super cool. Um, okay, so being that you know you're a rock star, you were able to secure 1.8 million in state funding for Georgia's first maternal mental health program, which is a big deal. Um, tell us a little bit about your advocacy work and how has it motivated you to be a voice for birthing parents? So when I and and I didn't share this earlier, I originally um, was interested in maternal mental health because. I, you know, I consider myself a survivor, although I was never actually diagnosed, 
Um, but I was, you know, having a lot of the, what I would know now as an advocate of symptoms. And um, I never, you know, I just thought it was something you experience, you just keep moving. And it wasn't until a neighbor, it was maybe about a year and a half after my son was born, I moved and I was talking to a neighbor and she was, her son was around the same age. She was like, oh my goodness, I had that same experience. And she said, I'll call my doctor right away. And I was like, it blew my mind that I'd never thought to call anyone for help. Mm -hmm. You know, it, and here I was in the helping field yeah. and never thought one time to do that. So um, that sparked my interest in maternal mental health and making sure that women, you know, knew that there were resources available, that they didn't feel shame around it. And, you know, because you hear those messages that, well, your mom did it, mm -hmm. you know, that's, you You don't have time for mm -hmm. that. You got to, you know, keep moving. So, um, so I got involved in, um, in PSI um, National at the time. I, I think I did like a training with them. Um, it was with PSI in 2020 mom. Mm -hmm. And um, still, you know, like, okay, I learned a lot and but wasn't sure like how I wanted to like bring that into my advocacy work. And long story short, I began working in the maternal health space and, um, you know, the opportunity to work with PSI Georgia came up. And so I was really excited about that. It felt like a full circle moment, mm -hmm. you know, to, to work with PSI Georgia. And um, when we looked at what some of the needs were, I had done some advocacy work at that time with um, Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies. And so um, we were just taking a look at what some of the needs were and overall having these funds for this telepsychiatry line, as well as, mm. you know, the funds also went to a few other things. Then, you know, realized that the, the need was there and it would be a first for Georgia. So um, it was honestly I, unbelievable that it even happened within that legislative session. I'm yeah. still, I'm still like, I, I can't believe that happened, but you know, um, and not just myself, you know, we worked with the advocacy committee of other maternal mental health advocates, and we made a ton of phone calls. We test, provided testimony. I know I provided testimony a few times at the Capitol as well, had conversations with legislators um, so they could understand exactly, you know, what these funds would do. And, um, you know, to, to, I don't say much surprise, but to be able to do something like that um, as as a new new advocates in the legislative session, um, in one legislative session, and such a short one like yeah. Georgia's, mm -hmm. is kind of unheard of. Right. Right. <laughs> so um, it just it just felt like it was the right time, and I'm really happy that I could help lead that work. Um, I'm really proud of that. You should be. It's it's huge. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. What do you feel like is next for you because i mean like i i i would feel like well i'm done you know <laughs> like <laughs> has this checked <laughs> i've retired <laughs> but what what do you feel like is something else or what's next so i i'm you know i'm thinking about that because i i took this i just my um my board ship has ended with mm -hmm. PSI this mm -hmm. past December. Yeah. And um, and so I really wanted, 
Um, that time after, you know, basically almost three years, um, being a part of the board was phenomenal. Just such, it was just a great experience. Um, and so I've been thinking about now that I have this additional time, like what else, you know, do I want to do within, whether within the maternal health space or just working with women in general. Mm -hmm. I know that that is a part of my passion and, um, and the work that I do, even in my full-time job. So say that to say, I don't know yet, but <laughs> I'm really taking this time to like think through, you know, what that is. And um, of course, I'm still doing advocacy work um, right now. It's um, through my full-time job, which is focused on um, women's economic issues. But, you know, when you talk about passions and that's why I'm always like just amazed to see what, you know, women like you do that are able to incorporate their passions into podcasts and different things so I'm inspired and I'm just trying to get my creative juices going to see like what's the next thing <laughs> also I'm excited to so, see what what will come next um yeah. my last question is so I my first introduction to advocacy was like you and meeting you through the board and hearing about all of the work that you do like I had like a general understanding of it, but I didn't know what it meant to go to the Capitol or, um, you know, when we were in session or, or any of that jargon. So yeah. what do you feel that we could do as a community who wants to advocate for more maternal mental health, especially in considering how, you know, this month is Black History Month, knowing mm -hmm. about all the statistics for um, Black mothers and how maternal mental health, although a lot of groundwork has been done, um, there's still a lot of things that has fallen to the wayside. And even when we think about Georgia, like with me doing trainings or working in mental health and specializing in maternal mental health, Atlanta has a lot of resources and a little bit more progressive, but rural Georgia has a huge gap um, in being able to feel the need and do the good work um, but what could we do as a community or what are like small things um, that you would suggest for people to get involved in to do more advocacy work? I think that's a great question um, because advocacy always seems like this really like far out there thing and only certain people are involved in it. But mm -hmm. honestly, um, and I, I say this to folks all the time, um, your legislators really do need to hear from you. And so um, first thing I would say, if you just have, you know, just starting and you just want to learn more, first and foremost, I would go to like openstates.org, who you can put in your address and get, um, and then it, it will tell you who your um, representatives and your senators are. And so that's like the first step because those are the people that you need to know. Um, and um, if you haven't already, make an introduction. You know, right now, Georgia has a 40-day, um, a and it's not 40 straight days, but um, a 40-day legislative session. So it typically runs anywhere from early January to maybe early uh, April. And so that's a short amount of time, right, to get, to get things done. However, um, you know, if when they're there, you can contact them in their offices and so once you find their names you can go to ledges.ga.gov and then they they have profiles there and you can also find out who their aides are so if you want to reach out you know 
Um, you can call if you email, make sure you copy their aid as well. And just tell them what you care about. You know, hey, I'm a mom. I care about maternal mental health. I want to schedule some time to talk to you about it. And trust me, they listen. They oh. want to know. Um, and so, or, you know, they're get connected with advocacy organizations. So like PSI Georgia that, you know, has an advocacy committee because oftentimes we would get people that reach out. And this happens all the time. People would say, you know, I'm really passionate about this. Um, I've been thinking about this issue or this topic um, for maternal mental health or around this issue. Like, how can I plug in? And it's such a relief sometimes on their faces when they're like, oh, listen, we've got a whole group of people that are working on that are like minds. And so plugging in with the advocacy organization is great, too. And then a lot of times, you know, um, depending on where a bill may be or um, there's a lot happening now with with mental health in general at the Georgia legislature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your rep or your senator might be on a key committee, right, and need to hear from from you or hear about your experiences. So, so those advocacy organizations can really be helpful in plugging you into the right spot. Um, you know, being being able to tell your stories. That's one thing that um, is just invaluable to be able to tell your lived experience mm-hmm. to legislators. Um, whether that's, you know, if, you know, through testimony or just telling them one-on-one when you call them up, there have been so, so many pieces of legislation that started because, you know, just a regular person shared with their legislator, this happened to me, you know, and I want to make sure this doesn't happen to anyone else. And that's really how things get going. So I would say, um, to wrap this up, because there's a ton of other things, but <laughs> you can go to open states, get, make sure you, you know, put your address in and, and understand who your reps and your senators are. You can look them up, see what types of bills and things that they have um, sponsored or supported before. Um, like I say, reach out to them. Their aides are also listed as well. And um, if it's during the time where we're not in, in session, you can also, they also have in-district offices. Hmm. So that's right there. Where, where they are, and there might be a great time to talk to them as well because they're not as busy in session. Right. Um, but either way, if you have a story or if you have a passion and you care about, you know, mental health, care about maternal mental health, share that with them. They need to know that. And I think this is a great time because even more so in 2019 when um, when we were able to get those um, those funds for the telepsychiatry line, mm-hmm. Right now, the the momentum for mental health is so big in Georgia. So it's really exciting to see. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to continue to ride that. So if if you care about it, this is a great time to reach out and say um, hi to your legislator, legislators. Just introduce yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you, Micah. I appreciate all of the jewels, gems, info <laughs> that you provided. It was wonderful um, to be able to speak to you. And... Um, thank you for all of the work that you're doing. It definitely doesn't go unnoticed. And I get to see you again on Saturday when you get your award. So I'm Yay. so excited. <laughs> Yay, thank you so much. So much. And thank you for just having this platform and this space for moms. So I really appreciate you inviting me and just doing this work. It's amazing. Thank you.